Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. My name is Isaac, one of the hosts of In Doubt, and also pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Mission, British Columbia. We have on the show today, again, filmmaker, actor, pastor, and the creative director of the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, Joel Gordon. So thanks again for taking the time to be with us. Yeah, it's great being here, Isaac. Thanks for having me. For those listening who may, maybe didn't catch our last conversation, and therefore they really don't know who you are, um, could you share with us how, how you came to know uh, Jesus and what life looks like for you right now? That'd be great. Sure. Yeah. Well, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, My parents uh, came to faith when I was just a baby, actually. And we grew up in northern, uh, northeastern Toronto. And um, I came to faith through a pastor. His name was Dr. John Moore, and he was an evangelist and uh, pastor, local pastor at our church. And I was six. And amazingly, his backyard bordered my playground at school. (laughs) And so, you know, at recess or lunch break, I'd be able to run over to him if he was gardening and say hi. And one day he invited me over uh, with my brother for some cookies and some milk and, you know, shared the gospel with me. Uh, But it was, you know, a really memorable day because I just remember being so filled with joy, skipping home with a black umbrella my brother held over me and just so thrilled to be able to tell my mom and the rest of my family that Jesus was now, you know, in my life and, uh, and that I was excited about living for him. But um, that's sort of how my faith journey began. Okay. And yeah. And so now I am serving with the EFC and um, I'm really passionate about disciple making and evangelism and uh and being a disciple and what that looks like uh, as a father of four kids and uh i have a a great wife her name is aaron and uh, we're on this journey together uh, to the glory of god i love that that's so cool um and just for those listening uh joel who are unfamiliar with the efc could you just kind of give a quick like minute long or even less than that just explanation of what this organization is and, and what it does sure Yeah, the EFC, or the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, is a national umbrella organization, and it's like an association of associations and ministry organizations and congregations. And we come together strategically and ask, what can we do better together than alone? And so we're made up of about 45 different denominations who are affiliated with us and about 60 plus ministry organizations who are all national ministry organizations and 35 higher education institutions, universities, colleges, uh, Bible schools, and hundreds of churches. And so we, we come together for collective impact and represent Christians in public policy, but also we work together to do research and create ministry resources. So that's a bit about who we are. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Well, anyways, um, activism. Okay, this is what, for those of you listening, this is what we're going to be diving into for this short time together today. And so what are we talking about when we are talking about um, activism? Sure. Well, you know, most standard definitions of activism define it as uh, vigorous action in support of or in opposition to an issue. So that that's sort of your your basic dictionary uh, definition okay. uh, of activism. Yeah, that's good. And and when we when we think about activism, if it's something that we are vigorously for or uh, against. I mean, there's these different aspects that play in that. Then there has to be an aspect yeah. of conviction, uh, yes. which results in behavior. So when we think about that, like belief and then action and, and how we behave, how do these things sort of work out in, in activism, if that makes sense? What parts do they play? Yeah, that's that's a really good place to start. And I think as Christians as well, we spend a considerable amount of time analyzing and studying and building up our beliefs and you know we often create statements about our beliefs and we we spend a lot of time exploring our beliefs and uh, making sure that we understand our beliefs but when it comes to the actions that flow out of those beliefs so we may not be as intentional about being accountable or, or having accountability in place for the action that needs to flow out of those beliefs and and so i think it could be helpful even to think about three different types of activism. Uh, when most people think about activism, it's usually the political type of activism that they think about. But then there's also more cause-related activism. So that could be around issues like racial injustice or creation care. Uh, but then there's a third type of activism that's really important for us as believers that we don't often categorize as activism but it is, and that's evangelism. And so evangelism is also uh, actually a form of, of Christian activism. And so what's, what's also interesting is that for, for followers of Jesus, all three types of activism flow out of a biblical mandate. So all three are motivated by having a passion for Jesus and compassion for people. So, okay, so just, I want to I want to hear those again because I think that's really important. So the first type is, you say, is a, a political. Right. And then the second is more, uh, you said it's a cause, so something that's going on. That yes, you kind of cause-related. Yes, yeah, so you're responding to something that's happened. Right, which may or may not be political. Sure, okay, so those can have an overlap. And then the third, which I think is really interesting, you're saying that evangelism itself is this form of Christian or spiritual activism. That's fascinating. Yeah. 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 And so when you think of when you think of an issue, you know, that uh, people might be compelled to be in support of or speak in opposition to uh, a particular issue, the issue that all have sinned, fallen short and are are destined for for hell without the saving grace of Jesus, you know, that should cause us to take action and vigorous action in sharing the good news. You know, and we know that God's desire is that none should perish. And what's great is that he calls us to participate in his mission, you know, of making him known and restoring all things to himself. And it's so much a form of activism that even uh, one of the worldwide scholars, David Bebbington, who has helped to shape and define what it means to be an evangelical, one of the four pillars 
of what it means to be an evangelical is activism. Wow. Yeah. So he, he, you know, we don't have time to get into what all of these four uh, pillars are of what it means to be an evangelical. But the last one is is activism, and uh, he defines that as a, a core feature of who an evangelical is: somebody who is an activist by sharing the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm I'm being a little bit crazy. Maybe I'm not being crazy, but you know, thinking about just the gospel in general. Could we say that God Himself was acting in activism in, in sending in sending Christ, sending His Son, uh, to do what He He did? Would that be Would that be right to say that? That's I have to think about that for for a second, um, because yeah, well, definitely because He was God responds to this this issue, this brokenness, this separation that we have from Him you know, that, that happened in the, as a result of the fall. So yeah, definitely. I see that as a, a form of activism that, that God demonstrated for us while we were, you know, while we are sinners, he sent his son and provided a way out for us. That's awesome. And I think, you know, thinking through that and you just, you were able just to paint in some of the, the spiritual realities there. So I appreciate that because you're giving the fuller picture to our, to our listeners, to myself as well. And what I think is kind of cool, if we make that connection about God and activism with sending his son, is that we also know just with that verse you quoted, it was in love that he did that. So that kind of shows that God's activism is not divorced from love. It's, it's, it's met together, right? And, um, and if we are called to, as the images of God and made in his likeness and his image, to reflect him, that, that means that Christians, just like the, your Bebbington saying that activism is a core reality of being evangelical, we actually are now then, you could say, required to act out in that same loving activism in the way that we do evangelize. So this is not just an option for us. We all have to be activists by the end of this. Exactly. <laughs> and when you think of the other two types of activism that I yeah. I spoke about earlier, political or cause-related activism, that is really a demonstration of love for neighbor, right? So as we respond to God's love for us and love him wholeheartedly, he then motivates us to love our neighbors as ourselves. And what better way to love our neighbors than to share the gospel, but also to respond to practical injustices that are that are happening all around us. So, okay, let's. That's a perfect segue then. So, you work for the EFC, Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. You you've been around for a while to kind of see and look around Canada. It's it's spiritual climate. As a Christian leader in Canada, w- what kinds of things are you seeing in Canada that sort of demand this this kind of uh, activism that Christians are to have in in terms of loving their neighbor? And you just said there, not just evangelism, although that is maybe ultimate, but in loving our neighbor. Uh, what sorts of things are you seeing in Canada that you would like to just sort of open the eyes of many Christians in, in terms of, you know, what sort of things they need to be looking at and, and grow a conviction for? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think one of the very immediate things that comes to mind is a current bill right now that's being introduced in Parliament. It's called Bill C-7. And what it proposes to do is to extend uh, medically assisted dying or euthanasia to people with disabilities who aren't even at risk of dying. So what it's doing is discriminating against them based on their disability. And uh, they they are up in arms around us, the d- disability advocates 
are really, really horrified, actually, is the exact word that many have used that this legislation is being introduced. So here is a very practical and immediate opportunity we have to respond to create awareness about this. And so I would encourage anyone who's listening, uh, who's a Canadian, to contact their MPs and their senators. If you want more information on the EFC's website, uh, the efc.ca forward slash C7, there's more information there to learn about that particular issue. And just briefly, I can touch on, you know, some of some things that are happening with our Indigenous friends and brothers and sisters also require some political activism. So there's treaty violations with uh, Mi'kmaq people on the East Coast, and uh, their rights to fish are being violated. And there's other, you know, land disputes and land defenders that uh, we can stand in solidarity with, you know, once we understand treaties and, you know, missteps that have happened. So there are a number of things that are, are really pressing and timely right now that we can respond to on the political scene. Yeah. Joel, I just want to appreciate, like, the, the fact that you just don't give sort of these more generalities and sort of principle issues, but you actually, like went very, very specific. I, I, I so appreciate that. And I think our listeners would too. But maybe as a as a form of an example, um, Joel, a while ago now you produced a TV series called Love is Moving. And um, maybe this is an opportunity for you to share a little bit about that story and how activism maybe played a role in that whole experience. Sure. Yeah, well, that television series was birthed uh, with a colleague. His name is uh, Ben Porter. And, you know, God really just gave us this vision to help revive a biblical understanding of love. Um, so I'm going to back up just a little sure, bit. Sure, Because I think in our culture today, and, and even within the church in Canada, often what motivates individuals to be involved in activism can be feelings or personal passion or, you know, commitments that friends might have to join a cause and so you join in but really what should motivate us most deeply is God's word right so our response to injustice should first and foremost be motivated by God's word if that what flows out of that is then you know feelings of of solidarity and and wanting to act on what we believe that's great but it, so if God's word really motivates our action then that's the strongest foundation. And so with this television series, we started with the curriculum, a Bible-based curriculum that investigates what love is from a biblical perspective. And from there, we then encouraged young people with their leaders to journal and reflect about that learning, and then to pray and find ways to put it into action in their communities. And from that, we then asked them to reach back to us and tell us about what God was leading them to do and how God was leading them to put what they were learning into action. So out of those stories, we then selected a few and filmed them. And that became the basis of this TV show called Love is Moving, which turned into a magazine, which is uh, still up and running today. The magazine is produced every two months. And so that idea of telling stories about what God is doing in and through us, I think is, is important. 
Um, but the motivation piece, we don't always spend a lot of time thinking about. And so yeah. if that, that Bible-based motivation should always undergird our activism. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree. That's awesome. So that kind of leads maybe into this a little bit. I'm just thinking maybe someone's listening right now and they know that certain things need change. Maybe it's realities in, in the church. Maybe it's realities of what love is and what it isn't. Maybe it's very specific realities like you talked about already with things going on in Canada. But if they know these things are wrong, their their moral compass says they're wrong, but there's none of these sort of you know feelings, and you kind of already talked about this a little bit, but they, they don't have these strong emotional convictions about them. Maybe a question can be, can someone like that, because I know there's lots, how can they effectively, you know, engage in activism, even without this heartfelt reality? Can that even happen? Yeah, for sure. I think it definitely is possible to, to be an activist, uh, even if you're not necessarily passionate about a topic. But I think the most sustained type of action and transformative action really comes when the Spirit of God unsettles our hearts. Amen. That's so good. Yeah. And so when we just sit at the feet of Jesus and ask him to give us that passion for our neighbors, ask him to break our, our hearts for yeah. uh, the things that he wants us to be broken for. And, and I've had times in my life where I haven't been passionate about God as much as I should have been or passionate about loving people as much as I should have been. And I just had to go down on my hands and knees and say, Father, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know where to start, but please just open my eyes, open my heart, turn me to your word and guide me. And sometimes that's where our journey needs to revisit on an ongoing basis, just asking God really to direct us and to rely and depend on the power of his spirit to bring us into truth and action. Yeah. That's so good, Joel. And I think you make a really good point that if we know that something needs change, but we're we're not spending the time maybe with those people that are being persecuted or in unjust situations, or, and we just kind of care less about that, but we want to still, you know, be activist in a certain area, it, it would make sense for us to, yeah, like you said, fall on our knees, ask God to open our hearts, and then actually like spend time trying to recognize and understand where these people are coming from to, to grow this heart of passion for them. So I, I think that's great. Awareness and learning and listening is is really huge. And so there's lots that we can we can learn about the plight of of others and um and maybe not even see their difference as being deficient, but but seeing that you know they have something beautiful to offer us maybe in the way that they view the world and interact with the world even though it's different. And so you know, there's so much, so much rich motivation that God's word gives us to put our faith into action. You know, I think about James 1, well, the whole book of James, but 122, you know, he says, don't just listen to God's word, but you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's this idea of really um, making it a priority to apply uh, what we're learning. But something else that just comes to mind now that I think is important to note as well is that, you know, so much of what we're talking about is our motivation to act and thinking about what we're doing. But another piece of, 
a reconciled and restored world, we have to remember is that we need to ask ourselves, what is God doing? And what is God going to be doing? Um, and how can we, you know, we're invited to participate in what God is doing, right? So I think having that perspective is also important uh, because it's not up to us ultimately. You know, all of creation is in God's hands and he's going to restore all things unto himself. So that's that's reassuring as well. It doesn't disqualify us from taking action at all, um, but actually it can motivate us more knowing that God is already moving this stream, this river, this mighty river, and we're just invited to jump on board and to flow with this river that's already running. Amen. I think that's such a good point to, to point out, Joel, and and how so often too that God uses us. He uses us as his church, not just as these, you know, inanimate tools, but he's using our personalities, our lives, our passion to bring about his work, you know, and that's that whole participation piece that you you are talking about. Again, I my mind just goes back to to, to Paul when he was in Corinth, and, and this is an Acts, and he, he was, I think he was discouraged, and the Lord met him in a dream and said, don't worry, keep going, keep preaching the gospel, because there's many in this city who are my people. So that's him saying, look, I already, I've done work in these people, and they need to hear you, the gospel from your mouth, so participate with me, and you can do this, mm-hmm. you know? And I just think that's yeah. so, I think that's so essential, Joel, I love that. Um, as we wrap up here, I, I want to come down to maybe a practical question. So if a, if a Christian right now, a uh, young adult listening, in what you've suggested, maybe an example of this, the Bill C-7 or the issues with the indigenous people with the uh, the fishing, maybe they're listening right now and they're, they see something maybe even in their community or culture or their country that is unjust, that needs to change. What do you suggest they do like you know they might be listening on their on the bus right now with their mask on you know or they might be at home uh cooped up uh isolating like what what can they do and and does scripture and jesus give us you know examples of what we can do yeah definitely there's there's so much so many rich examples even from the life of christ himself on how we respond uh to to crisis how we respond to people who are in crisis you know, when Jesus intervened and and met the woman who was caught in adultery, you know, and, and he essentially rescued her uh, from this horrible situation, but then, you know, pleaded with her to sin no more afterwards. Uh, you know, I think it's a, a great example of uh, him really standing up for and protecting the vulnerable while also calling out sin and speaking the truth in love. But, you know, scripture is so rich with a, just a plethora of examples like that. But I think a great starting point is, is just silence and solitude with God, right? And, and just praying and asking God to open our eyes. And then for sure, you know, just looking through the pages of, of scripture going to, you know, like I'm thinking of specific passages, like uh, the book of James is a, a great place to, to investigate. You know, verses like Micah chapter 6, verse 8, what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? You know, those images, those scripture passages about justice and love and mercy and the requirement that we need to to be 
to be humbly walking with God, it gives us a, a good starting point on how to engage. So I'd say prayer, you know, spending time in the word, really looking at what the word, how it's directing us, and then looking around us into our communities and making the connections between what God is telling us and what we're seeing all around us. There's opportunities for every single believer, every church to respond. I'll just give one very practical example. Most churches and most young adults who are who are believers live on land that is connected to a treaty, right? And so finding out what treaty you live on, finding out what nations of people have lived and and um, and share the land with you, and being able to shape a land acknowledgement for your congregation, for your local church, that could be done once a quarter. It could be read, you know, before a service every week. Some some congregations do it every week, but that's a great starting point to acknowledge that this land that we now have and share as home was once home to people who didn't give up this land in many cases and didn't sell it. But in some cases, the land was, in many cases, it was stolen and taken. And we now have a church building on that very land. And so part of our reconciliation with people is to first allow God to unsettle us and and in humility, be willing to confess and repent and understand that even though we were not there when treaties were made and land agreements were signed, but we now benefit downstream, right? Uh, and so a land acknowledgement is a very practical thing that every single believer in Canada can think about connected to where they live or the place that they worship. Yeah. That's so good. And I appreciate it. Once again, Joel, just the, the the very specific example as well, not sticking with generalities, but so I love that. Thank you for doing that. And, and also just going back, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting how, you know, the, the first step you can take uh, is on, on your knees. So before you stand uh, in, you know, in this passionate activism, it actually begins on your knees humbled before the Lord. So I such appreciate that, uh, Joel. So once again, Joel, thank you for spending time with us today. We've already wrapped up our time, so it is much, much appreciated. We hope to have you back on again soon. Thanks, Joel. Great. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us today in our discussion on biblical activism with Joel Gordon. You can learn more about the ministry Joel is with, the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, by going to evangelicalfellowship.ca. And lastly, if this is your first time listening to InDoubt, I'd encourage you to check out InDoubt.ca. There, we have tons of articles on subjects of life and faith, as well as over 240 podcasts with guests from around the world talking about critical issues with a biblical perspective. You can find it all at InDoubt.ca. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hi, Ben Lowell, CEO of Back to the Bible Canada's In Doubt. 
You know, every week our aim is to engage young people in a conversation around matters of life and faith and culture. Most recently, our host Daniel and Isaac have met with Christian pastors and leaders to discuss biblical insights on sex, a conversation about the importance of human rights, and the growing dark impression pornography is making on individual lives and our society at large. These are conversations critical for young Christian adults to be involved in. For current programs or to listen in on past programs, head to indoubt.ca in Canada and indoubt.com in the U.S. And for expanded programs, sign up for the Indoubt podcast.